the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, I can't believe it. How can we? How can we be a country right now without a speaker pro temp of the House of Representatives? How? I just there's no captain of this ship of state. Oh my goodness, great! I feel so vulnerable. Don't you? I mean, they have to make it decide something. I know it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I don't really care about. Who it is? We need somebody. All three of these guys. Each one. Who? Who? Actually, there's more than three. Uh, Kevin McCarthy. Fine. He's not Mister MAGA, but the people I know and like and trust say, if we don't pull the trigger on this very soon, we're all going to be screwed. So it might as well be Kevin. Now, one of the guys. All right. So right now, just a couple of minutes ago, they started uh, doing the roll call, the voting all over again. They had a couple of speeches. The speech for in honor of Kevin, a speech in honor of uh, who was the other one? Oh, Hakeem Jeffries. He's got it made in the shade. He's going to be uh, he's going to be in charge of the Democrats. <laughs> so you can turn up the volume. They're still doing it, right? Sparks. Sparks. Stansbury. Jeffries. Jeffries. Duh. All right. Enough. Thank Stand- you. <laughs> Reading everybody's names. The vote total right now is, oh, for crying out loud, just make it McCarthy and let's get Hunter Biden on the stand. All right. Yes, he's not Mr. MAGA. He's a career politician. You you can't trust him. Is that new? When the hell is the last time you were able to trust a politician? All these guys are not trustworthy. That's what they are. That's who they're just... Tell you whatever you want to hear in the moment. And then they meet somebody else and they tell them whatever they want to hear in the moment. They don't, they're don't. they just all over the place. That's why we basically don't like them. But some of them we have, you know, we're rooting for because they're generally on our side. And it seems like one of those guys is Kevin McCarthy. So let's make it him and not keep screwing around. They're in the fourth. They just started voting at noon. Uh, there was a speech for Hakeem I mentioned. There was actually a really sharp guy named Gallagher, Congressman Gallagher from Wisconsin. He's 38 years old. I He spoke so powerfully for uh, – do me a favor, get the Gallagher speech, just a couple of seconds of it. It's around. Uh, and I looked him up. I'm like, who is this guy? Turns out, yep, he's as sharp as I thought he was, at least according to the resume. Um, Iraq War veteran, uh, Marine. Ph.D. from Princeton. All right. So a bit of an egghead, but he's also an egghead who can, uh, you know, lead in combat. That's actually that's actually pretty cool. Uh, He gave a big speech for Kevin, Kevin McCarthy. Isn't it true that Kevin McCarthy, nothing against car salesmen, but he really looks like a guy, you know, a, a car salesman, a new car salesman. I would buy a car from Kevin McCarthy. Seems like he knows that he would know that business inside and out. But uh, this job is bigger than he is. I mean, bigger than he is. He doesn't have the intellect. He doesn't have the uh, communication skills. He doesn't have a lot of things. But it's got to be him. 
He's going to be on our side, and we got to get Hunter Biden on the stand soon. You know, I'm looking at the House of Representatives right now. There are 434 people there. One has not been, so 434 people. Plus the Senate, that's another 100. Then you got a vice president and a president. As far as nationally elected federal officials, elected by the people, that's it. 537, that's it. You know how many people work for the federal government? I just looked this up. 9.1 million. 9.1 million versus 535 people. Who do you think's in charge? Who do you think's really in charge? And by the way, right now, all of, uh, 400 of them are in one room. <laughs> the 9.1 million uh, bureaucrats, uh, they're, uh, they're on their own. They're, they're running the country. They're running the country. And I don't like that. I don't like unelected people calling the shots. And that's what's happening in America. It's a bad, bad situation. The FBI. The FBI is a authoritarian outfit. Absolutely. And an incompetent one, as you heard, uh, as you heard yesterday. Did you hear yesterday the, the guy who stabbed those cops in Times Square? The mother of this maniac went to the FBI a couple of months ago and said, my my son's probably a man, maniac and he's becoming an Islamic terrorist. I think you should look into it. And they said, okay, thank you. What's your name? What's your number? Okay, very good. Bye-bye. Put him on some list. And then, uh, what's his name? Trevor Bickford, 19 years old. You, you, watch list. You think you'd watch him. If, 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 if a guy like that who's been told on by his mother... This guy's a terrorist on our hands. He travels from Maine to New York City on Amtrak. No problem. I mean, that's the one thing. Shouldn't that trigger something? So shouldn't that, if you're on a watch list and he just came here and he stabbed three guys, all in the name of Allah, right? Uh, so we need a robust, a robust um Congress, people who are really in charge, because we've given them the authority, not people who applied for a job one day and think they're my boss, the FBI. All right. We still like Donald Trump. Of course we like Donald Trump. And what did Donald Trump say uh, about Kevin? What's the latest? Let's see here. I got this thing. I got it. Sent from POTUS. Uh, okay, here we go. This is from POTUS. Some really good conversations. He put this out uh, this morning. Some really good conversations took place last night. And now it's time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin. Close the deal, take the victory, and watch crazy Nancy fly back home to a very broken California. The only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House twice. That's interesting, right? Republicans do not turn Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant and embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. Look, that's good enough for me. It's Kevin. Let's make it Kevin. Based on that right there, that is good enough for me.
uh, you know, Matt Gates, uh, these other guys, they're passionate, they're firebrands. That's beautiful, but you gotta, <laughs> you gotta cooperate. You gotta work with us here. Twenty people are holding this up right now. Twenty people are holding this up. Uh, that's that's a problem. That's a real. Because what aren't we doing? We're not going to get those investigations. And this is basically undermining the authority of whoever is the speaker. It's probably going to be Kevin. And there's going to be a great big asterisk by his name. Everyone's going to blow him up. If blow him off. If Republicans are blowing him off, think Democrats are going to run scared. Hey, can somebody tell me this? So Byron Donalds is a very sharp guy from Florida. He's a congressman, Republican. He's only been there about what four years or so, maybe. Um. I've had him on the Newsmax show a bunch of times. I like him a lot. Smart, happens to be black, Republican, and um, looks like he's got a big future. Just like that Mike Gallagher guy I talked about a little while ago. It's like up like, so Chip Roy nominated him to be speaker, which is a stretch. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. Guy's not been there long enough. You're doing this because... You're doing it because he's black? And then he, he said right away, Chip Roy, to his credit, said, we, in, in nominating Byron Donalds, I am nom- nominating a black man. So right now, at this moment, two black men have been nominated to be Speaker of the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries and Byron Donalds. And you know what? That's something. And everybody got up and applauded, Republican and Democrat alike. Hey, there's one guy. I'm really starting. I'm sorry. I feel sorry for him. It's this... George Santos guy from Nassau County. I Did you see the pictures of him? No one's talking to him. He's all by himself. No one is talking to him. So he did a little resume padding. He lied on his resume. I know. But he's suffering. I can see it. He's all by himself. His eyes are all glassy like he wants to cry. I feel the same way if I were in a room of 550 people and nobody wanted to talk to me and nobody would sit next to me. That's happened to me once or twice in life, actually, once in high school. I I, I just, I know what that's like, and it's miserable. And if somebody would just, you know, just about everybody there, I mean, 90% of them are Christians. Others are uh, Jews and a couple of Muslims. Just about everybody down there believes in God. I'd love it if somebody would just sit next to him and talk to the guy. You have to be best friends with him. Just talk to him. Show a little humanity. Yeah, it's um, What did he lie about? He lied that he went to Baruch College when he didn't go to Baruch College. Sounds like you want to hear it. <laughs> I know somebody who's ten times a liar, a thousand times a liar. is George Santos. And he's the president of the United States, and here he is lying his ass off in 1987 as a three-term U.S. senator. Cut 49. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. 
In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Effing liar. Everything he just said. Everything. That's Joe Biden as a United States senator at the age of 46 running for president. He didn't go to college on a full scholarship. He didn't go to law school on a full scholarship. He didn't win the international moot court competition. He didn't even enter the international moot court competition. He didn't have three degrees. He barely got one. That man is a liar, and he's the president of the United States. And everybody, oh, that's Joe's Joe being Joe. I got to tell you, I've heard George Santos uh, a couple of times now. I never heard him say he went to Baruch College. I never heard him say it. I guess it's on his website. The New York Times tells me he put it on his website. Somebody put their arm around him and show a little compassion, huh? And in the meantime, let's make it Kevin. I'll be right back. His website, somebody put their arm around him and show a little compassion, huh? And in the meantime, let's make it Kevin. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I'm watching Kevin McCarthy right now. He I will tell you this, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like much of a leader, especially right now. I guess he's not. He's walking back and forth. Just and no one's really paying much attention to him. I don't know. This is uh look, we need this. This is not good. And who the hell is gloating about it? Hey, one thing ever well, the, the the Republicans are in uh, the, the Republicans are totally fractured. The Republicans are totally screwed up. Uh, you, you hear about it constantly, right? Cut 34, please. Cut 34. Think about the fact that Republicans will be looking at other Republicans saying you embarrassed us in front of the country. This is not a good look for Republicans, and it is a good look for Democrats. This could go on for days. Again, not a good look for Republicans and not a good start for them. Politically, for Republicans to just continue to look like they can't do anything right. Look, I still think that most people are not paying attention to this. I actually don't have a problem that it goes from Tuesday into Wednesday and they're trying to figure out who the speaker is and they're having votes. I mean, it's actually somewhat interesting to watch. The mo- Most when you turn on the Congress, you turn on C-SPAN, those guys are giving speeches. They're talking to nobody. It's, it's an empty room. The way they have it set up, it's all just pro forma. It doesn't mean anything. Now it actually means something. And people are there with points of view, and a lot of the they're, they're representing what they think is in the best interest of the country and their constituents, what they want. Hopefully, that's what they're doing and talking about it. And uh, it's it's not that bad. In my, I just it's not that bad. It's not. How can it be that bad? I know, I know, I know. But think about the pressure Republicans have been under for the past well seven years. They've been basically from within. Remember the Lincoln Project? That thing is still alive and well. The the Lincoln Project forces are still at it, trying to rip apart the Republican Party. Um, the media all the time. 
always glossing over or ignoring Democrat problems and highlighting and hyping and exacerbating any divisions, any issues with Republicans. It's totally unfair. And you're seeing some of this now. This is the result, I guess, right? Uh, The Democrats are in total lockstep, 212, one party, no division, no no discord whatsoever. Kind of like in China, huh? Kind of like in the old Soviet Union. Everybody's loyal to the party, the party, the party, the party. I kind of like it that the Republicans have a couple. I think that's okay, actually. The more I listen to it, the more I and maybe the more I the more I even might even like it. Yeah. I'm kind of getting into it. Now, I don't like this Hakeem Jeffries. I saw him sitting there today. He just looks like a sinister guy. And here he is. You know, I was just talking about George Santos. Does this sound like a guy who wants to reach out to the other side? Listen to what he says about Republicans in general. This is Hakeem Jeffries, I think, on, uh, on one of the morning shows. Cut 21, please. This is the Democrat from Brooklyn who is now in charge of the... Uh, it's a congressman in charge of the Democrats. He's going to be the House Minority Leader if everything goes according to plan. You thought a big guy like this, you know, got the job would be above, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, above partisanship. Yeah, right. You got the job. Do you have to listen to what he says? Cut twenty-one. As it relates to George Santos, he is a complete and total fraud. And the problem is that it's not clear to me that he's simply an exception in the modern-day Republican Party, which has been taken over by extreme MAGA Republicans, as we've seen repeatedly, individuals like Herschel Walker as a candidate or Carrie Lake as a candidate. These people are divorced from reality. All right, so this is, he's saying that he's not an exception, he's the rule. Carrie Lake is not divorced from reality. Uh, Herschel Walker is not divorced from reality. George Santos? I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Uh, oh, there's the music. All right. I got a lot of people on the phone. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the publicity for my book. Oh, it's going to be. I'm basically not going to sleep next week. My book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, where I see things about race that Barack Obama is. <laughs> Look, he could have he could have brought this country over race. He didn't. So it's up to me. And it's in my new book. Uh, Available wherever books are sold. Many thanks. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, that's it. Uh, so he lost again. It's it's the first round's over. Is that right? This, with the first round of today, it's the fourth round overall. Kevin McCarthy has lost. Uh, they're still at the house. They're still talking it out. Uh, I'm sure they'll get it straightened out. And we will get the speaker. I guess we need. I already told you I'm not a big Kevin fan, but uh, Trump, he's not a big Kevin fan either. But he understands the reality, and he says it's got to be Kevin. Let's make it Kevin. Let's make it Kevin. I'm okay with that. What do you think? Uh, 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 Patricia, you're on Long Island somewhere. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine. Where are you? Home. No. <laughs> Where on Long Island? Merrick. All right. Fire away. What's up? Well, you answered many of the, the thoughts that I had about the um, Speaker of the House, so I'm good with that. But um, 
the car salesman I'm a little annoyed with. Well, wait a second now. Wait a second. Uh, I didn't say uh, I said I didn't say it in the pejorative way. I'm just saying he literally looks like one. He literally looks like and that's what they're salesmen. They're good. They're presentable. They have a great smile. They they're just all together. They're professional. They know their stuff. You didn't say that. I uh, said something along those lines. You just said, oh, he looks like a car salesman. No, I didn't say it like that. He looks like a, no, I definitely didn't say it quite like that. Go back and listen to the replay. Uh, Because uh, car salesmen are, uh, car salesmen, they know their stuff. They're good. And, um, but I just, look, he doesn't look like a statesman. And I don't think he has, here's something. Here, Let me tell you this. If he were a car salesman, if he were a car salesman with a thriving dealership and he was a master at that and then he became a congressman, you know what? He'd be a hell of a better speaker, all right, because he will have learned something in the real world. He will know something. I don't know anything about uh, how to make a car and then it goes to the plant and, some, and then it goes to the uh, on the truck. And there's a hell of a lot that goes into that. And they know how to make money off. It's amazing what they do. He doesn't know any of that stuff. You know what he know? He got an internship at a congressman's office when he was 20 years old, and he never left politics. He never left politics. So I would love it if you were a real car salesman. It's one thing to be a car salesman, but to look. All right. So look, I wasn't pejorative. It wasn't meant to be pejorative. You know, be like a, what? a person. How come they don't have a plan B like somebody else? In, uh, one extra person in line that they could choose if it wasn't Kevin. Well, they got these other guys. They got Jim Jordan, who uh, is fun. Everybody looks like something, by the way. Okay, it's okay. Jim Jordan looks like a, uh, what does Jim Jordan look like? A wrestling, it doesn't matter. I mean, Jim Jordan is a great patriot. He'd be a great speaker of the house. I think he was a gym teacher or something like that. Fantastic. You know, we had Denny Hastert. He was a gym teacher. He was in physical education before he became speaker. I don't know. I'm not a parliamentarian. I don't work there. It's one of those things I like to delegate to Congress. I kind of feel like they're letting us all down at this point. I'll read it. You heard what President Trump said. We got to make it him. This could be a great big embarrassment and defeat if we're not careful. Hey, why are you so sensitive and touchy about the car, uh, the car salesman thing? The car salesman. You are? No, my husband. So what does he sell? I know oh, what yeah, he sells. Yeah. Don't tell me what he sells. I know what he sells. Hondas. No. Oh, all right. What's wrong with the Honda? I had a Honda Accord from the age of 22 to about three years ago. I love the Honda Accord. I had three Honda Accords over uh, almost, uh, what is it, 27 years. I love those cars. Well, what is you know, Anyway, um, what else? What are you driving, a Mercedes? You got a problem with that? Oh, I'm so fancy in my Mercedes. What? Yeah, everybody, it's no big deal. Anybody can get one if they want one. Whatever. Oh boy, whatever. Um, yes, I do have a Mercedes, and it's awesome. Um, and uh, I lease it. Let me just ask you one more thing before I. Um, how does he feel about leasing? Um, it was good at at the time, but now it's better to sell. You know, just to have people buy it because you get more money because when you lease it, you don't make 
you know, anything in the finance department. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do get that, I guess. Look, I would love to own the car. I, you know what I love doing? I love to... I love taking the car to be cleaned, detail cleaned on the weekends, and I like to, I like maintaining the new look as long as possible. With the lease, it doesn't feel like it's my car, and I guess it's not. So, um, look, your husband most likely is more qualified to be um, a member of that body I'm looking at right now, the House of Representatives, and half of them who are in there. Because half of them know nothing other than politics. They have no life skill. They have no accomplishment. It's one of the things that we really liked about Trump. He knew how to do stuff, build a building. Car dealership is no joke. That's business. That means something. Most people don't know anything about that stuff. To know something, to know something about the automobile industry, he can make a real difference. Did he ever make? A, did everything about politics? Those guys are usually pretty charismatic. No, nah, he's just good at what he does. That's it. <laughs> All right. Don't take it the wrong way, but I will I will uh I'll watch that in the future, okay? Only kidding. I was only kidding. Well, you didn't sound like it was. I I was I I, I, I All right. All right. Uh, very good. Thank you very much. You. Bye. Bye. Uh I yeah, no, I uh, I I really mean that. He, he really I'm sorry. I just see Kevin McCarthy. I see an empty suit. But we want to be. We want to be. We want to be respectful. If it's going to be him, let's just. It's got to be somebody. What's going to happen next? Hey, can we get Peter King on the phone? I really would like to get Peter King on the phone. He's a former congressman. He knows all these guys. He was there for 25 years. He knows how it's done. He may not be Mr. MAGA, Kevin McCarthy. He may not know much about the real world, but whatever. They tell me he's the guy. I can live with that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Don in uh, New Jersey. Hi. Yeah, how are you, um, Greg? Yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, you know, George Santos. He thought that was the box for Dream College. That's all. Why is everybody making a big deal out of it? What do you mean, the box for Dream College? You know, uh, 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 for the college on his resume, for his dream college. That's why he wrote Baruch. <laughs> Baruch, the dream college, Baruch. Hey. Oh, what you're going to get old, the, the touchy too? Like I, I, I just said something bad about Baruch. It's a fine school, but it's not. You know, it's not the dream college. It's not. People don't. You know, like it's not. It's not Harvard, Princeton, or Yale. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I know you're just kidding around. Uh, this this guy is he a lunatic or what? George Santos. He was here just a couple of days ago, and people tell me that he was actually, <laughs> believe it or not, he was okay. Remember, I mean, once again, he lied about uh, going to Baruch College, whereas Joe Biden, <laughs> he lied about going to three colleges. Uh, cut forty nine, please. Cut forty nine. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school All and lies. ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my Wrong. class. 
I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I no. graduated with three degrees yep. from See? undergraduate no. school and 165 credits. Only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Let's get the audio tape of the media saying in 1987 they weren't afraid to call out uh, Democrats. Everything he said is wrong. Now he admits that his memory failed him. <laughs> and he got away with it. He got he had to drop out of the presidential race at the time, but he went right back to being the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, giving Clarence Thomas a hard time. Can you believe that? That worm, Joe Biden, giving Clarence Thomas a hard time. And, and now he's president of the United States. You know what? Maybe there is something to this white privilege thing after all, huh? Or at least there was for a while. Hey, they're at it again. Who's this guy? Turn up the volume, please. Army Ranger, business guy. The first guy that the House Freedom Caucus backed in a, in a congressional race. Why would I nominate Kevin McCarthy to become the next Speaker of the House? Why would Jim Jordan? Why would other conservatives like Thomas Massey, Jim Banks, Kevin Hearn, and others support Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House? You know, something in our nature as humans causes us to dehumanize others when we engage in conflict. Dehumanizing others makes it easier to ascribe bad motives and to engage in the fight. But it also makes it harder to understand one another. As actions push further disagreement, arguments tend to escalate rather than resolve. We're on the precipice of such a destructive argument today. I plead with all, all of my Republican colleagues, let cooler, more rational heads prevail. Let us unite as Republicans to elect the next Speaker of the House. Unlike Democrats, nearly every Republican at least campaigns on some form of smaller, more accountable government. Once we get here, the bipartisan consensus keeps growing a bigger, less accountable government. The American people know that the status quo is broken, that we've become less free, less safe, and more burdened by debt. The American people are sick and tired of it, and they keep sending us reinforcements, reinforcements that today help make up our small majority. But a majority is only a majority if we actually work together. Now, lots of, back home, lots of people back home don't trust anyone in this town. Perhaps we would be wise to listen to them and some wisdom from Ronald Reagan. Trust, but verify. Trust is a fragile condition and easily broken. As I've listened to my friends, 20 of whom have opposed Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House and others, the root issue is this. They do not trust Kevin McCarthy. Uh -oh. What can heal that divide? Right now, there are a lot of colleagues that don't trust 20 or more of my fellow Republicans. Right now, though we remain divided, a majority, an actual majority of the House Freedom Caucus members do support Kevin McCarthy. This summer, a unified House Freedom Caucus started the negotiations with a proposal for new rules, a different way to govern that empowers committees and regular members. 
we proposed that a set of tools could be structured to make trust more verifiable and allow recourse if that trust is ever broken. Following the election, Kevin McCarthy engaged in that negotiation. He led the conference to adopt substantive reforms that will make our majority more effective. Let me list some of them. Andrew Clyde's proposal to restore public access to the Capitol. Lauren Boebert's proposal to reduce the linkage between the NRCC and the steering committee process. Gary Palmer's proposal to cap spending on suspension bills. Ralph Norman's proposal to limit leadership reports and make conference more about engaging all members. Chip Roy's proposal to provide a five-day notice for suspension votes. Dan Bishop's proposal in privileged resolutions. Scott Perry's proposal for additional conference meetings ahead of key votes. Bob Good's proposal on standalone appropriations bills. Andy Biggs' proposal limiting suspension waivers from committees. Chip Roy's proposal to make co-sponsored amendments in order. All right. A firm 72-hour publication of bills before calling for a recorded vote. An end to proxy voting. An end to remote participation in committee work by members of Congress. The Holman Rule. An end to the Gephardt Rule. Got it, got it, got it, got it. McCarthy has done all this stuff. Hey, one of those things is really good. Uh, Making non-elected people, they must testify inside the halls of Congress. You know when they had those hearings? And yet bureaucrats from the FBI, they use COVID as an excuse to stay at bureau headquarters and they zoom in. It's not the same thing. If you're going to get chewed out by your boss. It's one thing to get it chewed out in the office. But then uh, by Zoom, it's just it's just totally different. Uh, I'm with this guy. What's his name? Warren Davidson is his name. And, and, and what's his name? He's just sitting there sweating it. Enough already. We got to make it, Kevin. We're screwing ourselves. I know. I'm not a fan. I remember he's nervous. He's weak. He, uh, but the people I know and like and trust say it should be him and, uh, especially Trump. And I think he's gotten the message and we, (laughs) it's not, it's, it's not a disaster at this point, but it's getting a little uncomfortable. Give me a moment. Your calls when I come back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One shirt. I have you what? One shirt? Yeah. This is is a really easy for you. Then I have to wash them for you and put them on. You're going to wash it for me? Yeah, then put it on you. And put it on me. Yeah, then we have to wash it. Where are you going? I'm going to wash it. Okay. She went to wash my shirt. That's my baby Annalise. She's almost three. One month till her three-year-old birthday. Isn't that amazing? And she wanted to, uh, for some reason, clean my clean shirt (laughs) so I could put it on. It was already clean, but she insisted that it must be cleaned and uh, went with it into uh, the kitchen. (laughs) I just... uh, Renzo in Staten Island is on the phone. Renzo. Hey, Greg, Happy New Year to you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Wonderful. Happy New Year. What's Um, up? I just wanted to mention, um, I saw on the news where Sam Bankman-Fried there walks into the courthouse, surrounded by all his people, carrying this huge backpack on his back that looked like it was stuffed to the gills, and he walked out without it. I was just wondering if you had any idea what might be in it uh, and what happened to it. No. (laughs) I have no idea. What happened to his book bag? Uh, uh, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
You think there's something significant going on? Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. Like everything else the Democrats do, everything is illegitimate and, and unlawful. Well, wait and a second. Wait, 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 wait. There was a lot of money in the bag? Literally? Just brings it in like that? That's not how these crypto guys operate. I don't know, but he was one sketchy-looking dude when they are bringing him in. Um, Want to see what happens with this case. Of course, he's a friend and lover of the Democrats and gave a lot of money to them. Uh, I don't know. I did see him go to court. I noticed he wore a tie this time. He's been noted noted to kind of go very informal. Hey, Renzo, thanks. Uh, anything else? Well, no, just when you get a chance, look at that video. You'll see him walk in. I mean, I saw him go in. Without it. I, all right. That's, 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 uh, that's astute. I'm going to... Uh, all right. I mean, what, he probably tried, I don't know. Maybe it was a, 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 I don't know. Maybe somebody else carried it out. But the guy has a huge security entourage. Did you see that? I mean, huge. He's still, I mean, I, they say he's worth not much money anymore, but someone's paying for all that stuff. Thank you, Renzo. Uh, John is in Staten Island as well. Hi, John. Hey, Greg. Happy New Year to you. Um, I want to say we we get all these callers, not the callers. Uh, we get the same Republican, uh, ex-Republican senators and councilmen and all this stuff who go with the flow with the Democrats. They want everything done right away. I know the guy called off these bills. Do you know one of the bills that uh, McCartney didn't want to do is the uh, term limits? Are you washing your car while you talk to me? What's going on back there? Oh, I'm just moving some stuff around here. All right. Well, you're on the radio right now, and I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. And did yeah, McCarthy? Look, he did a lot of bad things. What are we going to do? Shoot the guy? No, but if he did the term limits, then they would probably vote it in. No. First of all, I don't want hey 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 term limits. I don't want term limits. Term limits is a phony baloney deal. Do you want the FBI in charge? You know those guys. They're not term limited. Those guys are there for 30 years. They're they got 9.1 million employees who don't report to us. They report to themselves. They are, they have no, the American people, we're not in charge of them. They kind of think of themselves in charge of us, and they're not really all that wrong. We got 537 people that we elect. And they can stick. And if you want to reelect somebody, you're on Staten Island. Who's your congressman? Maliotakis, right? Uh, who was the guy before that? Who was a couple of congressmen ago? Uh, remember Guy Molinari? Remember that guy? Grim. What? All right. Call me back when you're done moving. Moving. Uh, Ed in, <laughs> in Staten Island. Hi, Ed. Hey, you're on a roll. Three in a row. Do you remember Guy Molinari? He was there for like 25 years. If people want the guy, you want the guy. It's my constitutional right to vote for somebody if uh, I like him. Staten Island's the land of the I's and the O's. If you got an Italian last name, you're a, you're a shoo-in. What brings you to the show today? What's up? I don't know. It's an interesting play by uh, nominating this congressman from Florida. I mean, there's 57 members of the Black Caucus. They're all Democrats. Are they going to vote party lines, or are they going to vote along identity politics? No, the Democrats are. They already. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. I think they've they've already voted for Hakeem. You want to break it down like that? Uh, and Byron Donalds, is this right? Did he vote for himself? That's. Uh, I don't think there's a that he voted for himself. I got to check that. 
Hey, Staten Island especially. Thank you. There's the music. I'll be right back. And thank you, baby Annalise. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, they're at it again. Another round. This is the fifth round, and it looks like he's – is he? no, it's too early to say whether or not he's going down, right? Uh, pump up the volume. It's Don- <laughs> Donald's as – no, he doesn't. He's got zero votes. All right. Um, let me hear it for a second. Let me hear it. Just turn off the volume. Jeffries. Dean of Pennsylvania. Jeffries. get Jeffries. All right, knock it off, everybody. And, yeah, I guess Donalds does have six, so that means if you do the math, they need to, he can't lose anybody. So they're already walking out. Some of the Democrats have already left. Some of the Republicans have already left, and it's looking like, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, what was going to happen? It wasn't going to be like at, after the fourth round, everybody was going to say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's got to happen at night. It's got to happen behind closed doors. Hey, this is not, by the way, you know, everybody's a rhino, obviously, who's no, this is not everybody who's a rhino is voting for Kevin McCarthy. Marjorie Taylor Greene, no rhino. OK, she's uh, she's uh, Madam MAGA. Nobody more MAGA than her. Listen to her go off about people who are not supporting Kevin McCarthy. Cut 10. I haven't asked for one thing for my for myself, and I'm the only Republican that has zero committees. So you would think I would be the one in there asking for something, but I haven't done that. But I find out that it's my uh, Freedom Caucus colleagues and my supposed friends that went and did that, and they asked nothing for me. Nothing. That's what I found out in there. I am furious. She's furious. She's furious at all these uh, people who are voting for it, not Kevin McCarthy. And what do they say they need to vote for him? They want to be the chairman of this. They want to be the director of that. They want... And that's how that's how politics works, actually, by the way. You know, I'm going to vote for you. What's in it for me? Unfortunately, that's the way it goes down. Uh, you know, here's Lauren Boebert. I also happen to like her. She has not voted for Kevin McCarthy. And um, here's why. Cut 16. Kevin McCarthy knows exactly what we are asking for, what we're requesting, and what we need to actually implement the changes that the American people have been promised. Um, I actually have been working for weeks and even months um, to get these never Kevins over to a vote for Kevin. And yesterday, I was able to walk into his office with uh, two other colleagues and present to him 218 votes and explain to him, the gavel is yours on the first ballot if you accept these terms that allow us to actually govern, that secure our southern border, that put a bill on the floor for term limits, that um, allows us to reduce federal spending with an amendment and makes that amendment in order on the House floor. These are just some of the few changes that we need to see. Mm, she's a little bit broad. She's a little bit broad there. Everybody wants that southern border secure. It's not the term limits thing. I think it comes down to uh, the 
what do they call it, the um, the act of no confidence, a vote of no confidence. If only five members get together under whatever the, one of the rules they want, they can oust or at least provide uh, the potential for the ouster of a speaker, just five members. And that's, um, I don't know if you really want to be the speaker if just five people can get together and uh, turn your life upside down. So uh, there's another guy I like, uh, Chip Roy. Uh, just let's uh, let's listen to him for a moment. He's... Republican of Texas, Chip Roy, very sharp guy, cut 12. This place has to change. It has to change. And the change comes by either adopting rules and procedures that will make us actually do our job, or it comes from leadership. And people ask me, what do you want? I want the tools or I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. I love it. I love it. But here's the here's what Donald Trump says. OK, some really good conversations took place last night. And now it is time for all our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin. Close the deal. Take the victory and watch crazy Nancy fly back to a very broken California. The only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House twice. It's true. Twenty sixteen. Wait. No. Twenty two thousand six, she was a speaker. She was a two thousand centimeters. Two thousand ten, two thousand ten, she got the boot. Yeah, two thousand ten, she got the boot. She she lost it in two thousand ten, and she lost it in uh, in twenty twenty. It's not. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job, and maybe even a great job. Just watch. I would love to watch that. I really would. Hey, I don't know if you saw my Newsmax show last night. I told you I would do this. I read that silly January 6th report over vacation, and I found them in a whole new set of lies, and I am now (laughs) – I got to choose my words carefully because if you go too far, the, uh, the federal authorities call you and you get all kinds of problems. I have very grave doubts about the fairness of the 2020 election. And those doubts were enhanced by my reading of the uh, January fixed report. And what did I see inside? Oh, it reminded me of what happened in Philadelphia. So they interviewed all these people who said, you know, after the 2020 election and a lot of us were understandably upset and concerned and worried that it wasn't on the up and up. Well, all those election officials, they got some really nasty emails and voicemails. So that happens. Nobody should be threatened. And if. Someone's life is threatened. That's against the law and call the cops. We have procedures for that. We have personnel for that. I never talk about that. Nobody actually, you know, nobody actually did what they're saying they did, but whatever. So this is um, a guy who looks like French Montana. His name is Omar Sabir, and he's the Philadelphia City Election Commissioner. And this is... um, This is in 2021. This is a year after the election. And listen to him talk because of all the threats, all the nastiness he gets from people, right? Because we're concerned about the fairness of the election and we've criticized him and we've wondered, well, not me personally. You know, I don't, I I just found out about the guy. But he was one of those election officials and uh, people sent him nasty emails. Listen to this. Cut 43. I feel anxiety every time I walk outside of the house. It has changed my life. Uh, legitimately has changed my life and it changed my behavior and patterns. Okay. He's lying. He is 1,000% lying. Now, I went to his Instagram feed and found two days prior to that 
It changed my life. Everything's different. I have so much anxiety. I can't. I'm always looking over my shoulder. Here he is going for a walk in his neighborhood, live on Instagram, having the having a gay old time. Cut 44. That's right. We out here about to do uh, three miles. Then going to do some push-ups, calisthenics, squats, all that good stuff, that fun stuff. Uh, So turning 42. I feel good about being uh, 42. Uh, I haven't had a celebration uh, since uh, 39. I'm not talking. About, what, what about all the anxiety? Why? What, what, he's just walking in the streets, no anxiety? Sounds like he, here he is at the community pool, also having a great time. Cut 45. Everywhere I'm going across the city, everybody's asking, hey, you're a great commissioner, but what about the three Bs? What about a healthy brain? <laughs> okay. Again, another guy who's just lying. And just like Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of State of uh, Michigan, all of these people, now I distrust them more than ever before. Now I am really convinced that they may have done something. Take Philadelphia. Omar Sabir was one of the main guys in charge of the elections in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 2020. Joe Biden overwhelmingly won Philadelphia. You might think, sure, okay, I get that. It's a city. Big minority population. Joe Biden's going to win that city. Fine. Is he going to win it by bigger margins than Barack Obama? Let me ask you something about um, the African-American community. Is there more support for Joe Biden in the African-American community than there was for Barack Obama? Hmm? I don't know. The African-American community take a look at Joe Biden in 2020 and think we like him more than Barack Obama. We like him more than Hillary Clinton. Because uh, in Philadelphia, <laughs> Joe Biden did better than Hillary did in 2016. That doesn't quite make sense to me. It doesn't. All right. It doesn't. I'm very suspicious. And then I found a picture of Joe Biden thanking and grabbing uh, Omar Sabir, you know, local official at Joe Blow in April of 2021. And Boy, oh boy, these guys were looking at each other like, <laughs> we pulled it off. You may have. I guess you did, didn't you? But um, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jocelyn Benson doing the same thing, moaning and groaning about um, uh, her life, cut 42. Right now, we are facing an unprecedented wave of continuous, unrelenting harassment and threats. Enduring these threats creates a near constant strain of anxiety and stress on our work. I've experienced these threats firsthand. One night, <laughs> one night in December 2020, I was about to put my son to bed when dozens of individuals descended upon our home. To this day, these images and this memory of that evening still haunts me. This was not the first, nor was it the last time. As a result, there is an omnipresent feeling of anxiety and dread that permeates our daily lives and those of our families. An omnipresent feeling of dread and anxiety that permeates our daily lives. Wow, that's 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 tough. Well, I went to her Instagram. <laughs> She's out there hooting and hollering with her girlfriends on Friday night in big crowds of people. Woohoo! Ladies' night. Uh, this, why, so why do they lie like this, which is clearly a lie, right? Well, political points, one. Number two, uh, it enhances their status, their importance. People, you know, 
threaten important people, and then they can get security, and that's what they want. That's the ultimate prize. That's the ultimate perk, the ultimate uh, kind of sign that you've arrived. I've got bodyguards. I'm so important. I've got bodyguards. Uh, There's still, I guess, again, yeah, yeah, Kevin lost the damn thing. Kevin, poor Kevin. Is this on Kevin for crying out loud? I mean, uh, Andy, no, wait, hold on. Don in Rockland County, hi. Hey, Greg, Happy New Year, best of your family. Uh, you were talking about Jordan before, Jim Jordan. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I don't know if you know this, but he was a two-time NCAA wrestling champion at Wisconsin. Uh, he coached wrestling at uh, Ohio State uh, before he ran for Congress. Uh, he was also, he tried for the Olympic team. Uh, we know him personally. My son uh, wrestled at Wisconsin and uh, was a two-time champ and also uh, coached uh, Jim Jordan's son at Wisconsin. Uh, he's uh, he's the real deal. He's a very uh, small-time small country guy, really. And... Uh, I, I know you said he was a gym teacher. I just said I, I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, he's a, no, he's an accomplished wrestler. Nothing wrong with being a gym teacher. You know who I was thinking about? Uh, well, I actually Denny Denny Hastert was a gym teacher. Did you? That's the guy I said was the gym teacher, Denny Hastert. Dennis Hastert was a speaker of the house. Uh, I don't know from like ninety eight to two thousand two or something like that. You know, remember that guy? Probably not. One of the reasons why you don't remember him is. Uh, he was busted for molesting children. Did you know that? Don? He was also, he, yes, he was a wrestling coach also with Danny Hazard and a gym teacher. Yeah, I, I know about the uh, scandal. Yeah, that guy actually went to jail. It's really bizarre. Anyway, uh, Jim Jordan's a great guy. I like him, but keep this in mind. Uh, Jim Jordan nominated uh, Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. So it's got to be Kevin. It's got to be Kevin. Hey, you know what I love about your little story there? It's like, you know, you're not really removed. Nobody is that far removed from the highest pinnacle of everybody. You know, like Jim Jordan could very well be president of the United States someday. And your son coached his kid. And you you know what I mean? I think that's great. Yes. It's very everyone. It's more accessible than you think. And I love it that he's from. uh we're Ohio, right? I love it that it, I, I love that about America. Thank you, Don. And uh, let's do one more. To, uh, no, Joe in Long Island. Yes, Joe. Is he there? That's fine. We had him on hold for an hour and a half. I don't blame him. I'll be right. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth. To become optional, we will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Wow. All right. That's uh, Ron DeSantis being sworn in for a second term down there in Florida. Of course, he creamed his competition. Who was that guy? I can't remember. Uh, Chris uh, something. Uh, What was that? Uh, Chris. Chris. uh, Chris was his name. Anyway, uh, beat him by like. Three million votes, and uh, congratulations to Governor Chris, uh, <laughs> Governor DeSantis. Remember, there'd be no Governor DeSantis without Donald Trump for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, well, DeSantis copied everything from Trump's playbook. Everything, everything, everything. Mannerisms, policy, all of it. Um, the other thing is that uh, Trump endorsed 
Congressman DeSantis when he was a congressman. Congressman Nobody uh, endorsed him and catapulted him to the top of the pack. Uh, So I hope he uh, remembers that. I don't think he should run against uh, Donald Trump. And oh, by the way, you know, I think some people think that he's an alternative, you know, without the, the Trump baggage. They don't know what they're talking about. I like DeSantis. I think he could be and should be president someday, uh, but he's not ready. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, Trump, you know, it's his act. I mean, it's not even his. It's not an act with Trump. He's perfected it. He knows what he's doing. Whereas DeSantis is a copycat and he always takes it too far. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the mainstream media hates him as much, if not more than Trump. Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Hi. Hi, Greg. Welcome to Clifton, New Jersey. We want to know, how is your new book coming out? Congratulations on the new book. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you for asking. It's coming out on uh, Tuesday. I mean, where is it? I got a copy of it over here. Ah, yes, here it is. Uh, I got a hard copy, but uh, you'll have the hard copy any moment now if you ordered it on Amazon. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And it's uh, going to be a big deal. I hope. I hope. What I do is I make the case, uh, well, obviously, we like cops. We defend cops. They're the good guys, right? How do we get to this insane moment where they're the bad guys? I go through all of that, the history of it, the sinister, selfish uh, Barack Obama, how he orchestrated Black Lives Matter, how he radicalized, attempted to radicalize black people in America to stoke racial grievance because he was losing their support back in 2011. It's really amazing. It's uh, what he did. And, uh, you know, I got pictures in the book. I got pictures, uh, which you got to have. I hate a book that does not have pictures. I got a few pictures in the book. And, um, oh, there's the music. Sorry, Tony. Thanks for mentioning the book. Anything else? Yes. Uh, Just so you know, the top two with the contributions were Schumer, number one, and Kevin McCarthy, number two. What do you mean with the contributions? How much they raised or how much they, what? Top recipients of contributions from lobbyists. Yeah, I know. It's a swamp. It is a swamp. But, uh, you know, Jim Jordan took money from lobbyists as well. I'm sure that's the way it works. We don't like it. I still think we got to go with Kevin. I'll be back soon. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And I have life threats upon my life, harassments of my family. I myself have reported hundreds of threats on my life, often triggered by Republican attacks on my faith. So we're all getting these kind of threats on the phone uh, we report them to the Capitol Police when we feel they're sufficiently specific. That's why right. I post these messages, because if you think you're going to intimidate me 
You're not. And if you think you're going to intimidate my colleagues and the FBI and the Department of Justice, you're not. Oh, you're all so amazing. Oh, you got a nasty voicemail. Ooh, you must be so important. How about the cops? How about the cops during Black Lives Matter? All right? How about them? You know why they say this stuff, right? First of all, they love it. They they secretly love it. That means they're important. Ooh, they're getting threatened. And they can get security. And boy, oh, boy, do they like security. Now, here's Chuck Schumer at the silly, um, uh, what the hell was this, uh, the ceremony where they awarded the gold medal to the Capitol Hill cops. Yeah, remember the guys who gave up the Capitol? <laughs> this is one group of cops, I'm sorry, who did not deserve a medal. Uh, no way for January 6th. But they give them a gold medal, and uh, Chuck Schumer steps up there. And you ever hear the term humble brag? You know, when you're... Uh, trying to be humble and but you're actually bragging anyway obviously uh cut 40 where is this please 47 to my personal detail mike kevin joe dewan and chris as well as antonio larry Sifonia, christian brian darren cat fernando richardson and alex thank you thank you what you do every day to keep me my family my staff safe he needs all those people fernando bill kevin fred sonia all those people that's a lot of people and it's fun to have security for these guys it's just they feel so important i've seen some of these jerks you know my dad had security for a while the new york city police commissioner (laughs) right all right that makes sense but for some congressman you never heard of walking around no 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 and they don't know how to use it right. They don't know how they 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 overdo it. They get themselves in trouble. They get themselves in trouble a lot. Hey, I got a uh, yeah. I was saying this a few weeks ago. I think it's a good idea. And people I know and like and trust are saying the same thing. Lee Zeldin for Speaker. You know, you don't technically you don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be Speaker. They could vote for anybody. Um, I'd be totally fine with that. <laughs> we got to get somebody in there right quick, right quick. And it would be one thing if we all coalesced around Lee Zeldin. Hey, one thing I will say about Lee Zeldin, he should not run for Congress. I'm, I'm hearing this thing, oh, if uh, George Santos has to resign, then it should be he should run for that seat. I think that would be kind of a step back for him if he ran for Congress, um, uh, Lee Zeldin. But I, I'd love to see him as speaker. But I think it's a little bit impractical at this point still. Um, what do you think? And then the other thing. All right, all right, so did he lose? He lost. Yeah, he did lose the fifth round. When are they coming back? We're going to do this again. I mean, this is what they want, right? This is what the twenty want. This is what the, this is what Matt Gates wants. You know, we're all going to get frustrated. We're like, all right, Kevin, I guess you got to go. I guess you got to go. Andrew, hello. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Just want to say uh, it is suspicious. What? I can't hear you, man. Joe Biden getting more votes than. Barack Obama from the black community. And the reasoning was, well, there were more vote voters because of the mail-in, so more black people voted. But actually, Biden got even a higher percent. <laughs> so that sounds highly unlikely. And I'm not a spokesperson for the black community or any community, but I know someone that was once nicknamed Jim Crow Joe Biden. <laughs> that's not a, a top selling point. So that seems wildly you know, fraudulent. Uh, it sure does, doesn't it, actually? It sure does. You can look it up. Politi- <laughs> you can look it up. Uh, 
urban centers, urban centers are not known for turning out for people like Joe Biden. What am I saying? The black community is not known for turning out for white people. It's just not. Sorry. You can look it up. That's what the roles show. You know, everybody on TV, they they pretend that race and ethnicity is not a factor. And I was I, like, yeah, I. Uh, that's why I was growing up. I didn't know about But behind closed doors, you want to run for an office, right? They talk about two things. They talk about money and they talk about racial and ethnic politics. That's that. That's all they talk about, and it's really kind of, it's kind of sad, but it's reality. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, actually. But that's the way I guess it is for the time being. Andrew, what else? Just want to say now that makes us domestic terrorists for pointing that out. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, they're still going through the motions here. Do we have it? Can we listen for a second? They're still talking about this stuff. And hold that for a moment. This is Byron Donalds voting for himself, which I'm very surprised by. Byron Donalds, Republican congressman, who yesterday, I believe, voted for Kevin. He voted for Kevin McCarthy. Somebody nominated him today to be the speaker, and he voted for himself. Listen carefully. Donalds. Donalds. Uh, I, it's not exactly a secret ballot. You know what I mean? He voted for himself in front of everybody. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's the way to go, but I, I uh, how could he resist? Popo, is that your name in the Bronx? Hello. Yeah, uh, Greg, I'm going to go in the bookstore, take your book and put it right on the front table so everybody can see it. And uh, I, I just don't know what these Republicans are doing. They're grandstanding. They're eating up the publicity now. They're feeling they're feeling their oats or something, but I think it's ridiculous what's going on uh, right now. And uh, listen, in the end, we're going to have. I think we're going to have uh, we're going to have uh, Pee Wee Herman's granddad and uh, Charlie McCarthy as our leaders in the in the Congress. That's where our leaders are going to be. Wait, who's Pee Wee Herman's granddad? But McConnell. He don't look like don't look like Pee. I would not have made that association, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, all right. Popo, your name, right? Popo. What's that all about? Like, no, hey, isn't Hoppo. that Hoppo? Oh, Hoppo from the Grand Concourse. All right. Popo is what they sometimes call the cops in, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. But I'm Popo. Popo. I love it. I love it. How'd you get that name? That's a nickname they gave me, you know, in the Grand Concourse growing up. Uh, you know, we would, you know, Chimon Avenue and Fordham Road, Fordham Road run right up into the concourse and all the kids would come up there. And, you know, they, they used to one time they had a sale in Alexander's for, you know, bring your kids to get 20 percent off. Half the people didn't have kids with them. And they were borrowing other people's kids for the 20 percent off. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I'm going to take your book. I'm going to bookstore right in the front desk. Man. I'm on front table. I'm going to put it up there. I'm going to put my feet up on the table. I have a big uh, ice coffee or something and just sit around it's 80 degrees outside here in new york wait a second i'm sorry wait are, are you going to treat my you're going to read my book right of course all right but i appreciate I'm gonna it. you're going to put it where you're going to put it so everybody can see it 
Well, I'm going to get one book. I'm going to put it in the front table of the bookstore, and I'm going to buy two other. I want to buy two books. I'm going to buy two of them. You got to put it. Do you own the bookstore? Do you know the guy? I mean, uh, you can't rearrange the bookshelf there. Yeah, but if I walk in the bookstore, I've done this before. I walk in the bookstore, and I don't see your book there. Then I'm going to find your book. I'm going to put it in the front table. All right. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much. Hey, Grand Concourse. Uh, Fordham Road. I know exactly the area. I went to Fordham, you know, and I would walk Fordham Road right by that Alexander's. It was still open to go all the way up to Jerome Avenue to take the uh, the four train back home. I took the Long Island Railroad, so I took the subway. It was a ooh, what that one hell of a commute. Um, you know, uh, Curtis Sliwa got his start on Fordham Road at that McDonald's, which is still there. He managed that McDonald's. He was 25 years old in like 1977. Yeah. Uh, Papo, I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, talk to you soon. And, uh, all right. Give me one moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Here's an item from my, uh, here's an item from my new book. Um, do black lives matter? Question mark. This is a, I'm reading from my new book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, by me, Greg Kelly, available wherever books are sold starting Tuesday. You can pre-order. They're, they're filtering into the bookstores actually right now. So um, do Black Lives Matter? When it comes to a black life, that ought to have mattered to the people who claim they care so much about them but didn't. Let me say a word about David Dorn. Dorn, a black man, was a retired St. Louis police captain. He served the Metropolitan Police Department of St. Louis with distinction from 1969 until 2007. His body was discovered in the early hours of June 2nd, 2020, outside his friend's porn shop. Pawn shop, that is. Dorn had responded to the burglar alarm at the store and was shot and murdered by members of a gang of thieves who had been breaking in. They streamed his killing on Facebook. One member of the gang, Stephen Cannon, was convicted of first-degree murder in Dorn's killing. In a society that meant what it said about the value of black lives, the news of Dorn's death would have been met with immediate sensation of riot and looting. It would have stopped immediately. Someone put a small cardboard sign at the site of the murder that summed up the whole ironic tragedy. Y'all killed a black man because they killed a black man? Rest in peace. But, of course, Dorn's death did nothing to sate the mob's appetite for destruction. Things actually got worse. The most dangerous thing about the rioting and revolutionary violence wasn't the fact that people were looting and burning and killing. That's always happened, and America has the law enforcement and National Guard to deal with it. For example, Antifa is a loose confederation of goons and losers who dress up in black and anonymize themselves when they go out in gangs to destroy things. They are poisonous thugs. They think it's fun to go out and point lasers at people's eyes and render them blind. Another trick they have is to put quick drying concrete and make milkshakes, so-called, and throw them at people they don't like. They are uniformly ugly, sad scum who claim to be anti-fascists and anarchists and who cherish the idea of murdering police officers and burning property. Antifa types have been around for a long time. 
America used to have lots of these people, and I go into the uh, history of uh, anti-fascism and fascism, but the difference between the anarchist mayhem of the past and what we saw in 2020 was that political officials and members of the press did not deny what the terror was 100 years ago. But in 2020, we saw numerous high-ranking Democrats insist that Antifa was a myth or fantasy cooked up by fever-line conservatives overdosing on cable news coverage. Senator Kamala Harris, shortly before she was nominated for the vice presidency, tweeted out support for arrested rioters in Minneapolis on June 1st of 2020, encouraging her followers. If you're able to chip in, chip in now to the Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. The people who had been protesting in Minnesota were not rounded up by the federal police on Trump's orders. They had been arrested by local police in a deep blue city, in a deep blue state. But the need to pretend that these vicious riots were the pursuit of justice was so strong that the suffering of normal people at the hands of brutes was immaterial. Similarly, when New York Congressman Jerry Nadler was asked about coordinated Antifa violence in Portland, he said that Antifa was a myth. Uh, Then I go into four-star General Mark Milley and the idiocy of that guy and the flagrant abuse of power. So it's all in the book, Justice for All, available wherever books are sold. I think you'll enjoy it, and I think it could make a real difference. Oh, Barbara, uh, our philosopher, uh, is on the phone from Huntington. Hi, Barbara. Great New Year. Um, I just wanted to say that our founder, John Adams, would like very much what he's seeing going on in the House of Representatives right now because he said when people surrender their share in the legislature, when they stop defending limitations upon the government and every encroachment on them, they will lose liberty. And liberty, once lost, is lost forever. And I think we're seeing a good tasting, a good sampling of how liberty can work and can be defended in front of us right now. All right. Well, wait a second. I mean, we I mean, all right. I I love what he said. How does it actually apply right here and now? I mean, let's face it. We need a speaker. This is not good. This indecision It's fine to debate issues. But we know what the issues are. We need to get to it. We need the Bidens investigated. We need that border secure. Let's get on with it. It's not like they're debating issues as far as I can tell. It's personality and these weird hangups they have that they're not really coming clean about. Points that have been made, I see, are very good. And I think, too, it is time to end it. And I believe that if Jim Jordan... As much as Trump, if the two of them are behind him, then I think McCarthy should be uh, chosen as speaker. But I think this glance at how the swamp works and how you can push back against it is a very good thing. That is interesting. That is. And I'm with you. No, you know, I've already said it. It's good enough for Trump. It's good enough for me. Let's make it happen. Barbara, you are the best. Thank you so much. Larry in Brooklyn. 
Oh, so you wrote a book on justice. I hope included in that book was the conviction of the Minneapolis uh, uh, police officer, the female who got two years for pulling her stun for pulling her revolver instead of a stun gun, because the same fact pattern later happened in Florida. Exactly the same thing. Uh, a female officer shot someone accidentally. She was supposed to go for a stun gun, and they labeled it a mistake, and they didn't prosecute. That woman is sitting in jail for no reason. I hope you covered that. Well, wait a second. Hold on a second. Um, she is. Uh, that's one hell of a mistake, don't you think? Going for the what, what going, hell of- going going for your going for your stun gun, but but finding the weapon itself. That was now. I mean, that that's a hell of a mistake. Ultimately, do I think she belonged in uh, jail? No, it was not deliberate. I think she's not in jail any longer, right? How long was she sentenced to? Do you remember? Two years, and I, uh, she should be I still in jail. I think, she always- is, I think she's out. By the way, the, the young man who was driving that car, uh, I mean, was a, was a, was a gangbanger. But, however, however... In a weird, in a way, it's totally uh, irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Uh, yes, he could have done a lot of things to not get pulled over, but he should not have been shot. And I know that officer feels absolutely terrible about it. And you're right; she uh, she went to jail. Uh, no, lots of cases. I don't go into the Brooklyn Heights. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it was Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn something up there, uh, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Center. Uh, Larry, thanks for calling. Um, let's do one another. Uh, Don in New Jersey. Hi, Don. Hey, Greg. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Listen, two questions. When you went out west skiing, I haven't been out there in 10 years. Did you notice a big difference with the weed and, and, and any anything like, you know, when you go eat, eat food, you know, like with kids around? And did anybody notice you? Because I'm curious to know if anybody out there noticed the famous Greg Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does happen. Yes, I was noticed. And that's all. That's always fine. Uh, I, I have to be on. I talked about this my whole adventure. I noticed a lot of things especially the screwed-up airport. I'm not talking about the lines. Look, bottom line, I did not smell pot while I was there. I smell more pot here in New York than I do in uh, Denver. However, I saw the effect I felt in some places. Uh, did I tell you the staff at the at the hotel? They were fantastic. They were all from South, uh, South America, all of them, everybody, everybody. And by the way, I admire them. My concern is all of the young American uh, workers are checked out because of people like Joe Biden throwing out all these incentives to not work. You know, ten thousand here, twenty thousand there. Um, I smell more weed, though. However, here than there, I, it just happened to be. I, I think there's more of it there. It's a good question, man. What was the other thing? Well, the other thing was if you were noticed, because like you know, when you go out there, I think I think most people that are out there, they're just living life large at those, you know, and they wouldn't they would they don't pay attention to what's really happening in this country. Well, that's what I saw when I was in Vail. I saw people like like you know, just just you know, not really knowing really what's going on in the world. <laughs> uh, no, they were fine. I mean, look, was, a lot of people were there from vacations, so on vacation, so they were from all over. Uh, all over the country. Um, it's funny. Every time I was on a ski lift or whatever, this person was from, you know, somewhere far away. Met one New Yorker. Met one New Yorker while I was there. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to ski again anytime soon. I don't think it's for me. I did it when I was a kid. I just uh, think, I, I think I've lost my taste for it. Don, thank you very much. And thank you. I got to go across the street now and get ready for the Newsmax show. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have a, we'll have a speaker by tonight. I mean... 
It would be fun. I would love it if it was decided yesterday and it was Jim Jordan or Byron Donalds or something like that. I think it's got to be Kevin. Let's cut the crap and make this happen and get to work. Fair enough. I think that's I think that's reasonable. But it may not happen. It may not happen. Uh, we'll know more by 10 p.m. tonight on Newsmax. And thank you again for buying the book. Justice for All by Greg Kelly, available wherever books are sold.